Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s giving their perspective on the games that we love, headlines and pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I am host, Warren Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? Going pretty good, man. How's everything? It's going pretty good. And um, to start it off um, tonight, we're we're joined by a special guest, um, Aaron James, pastor of Antioch Fellowship in Pace, and also host of the Theology Q&A podcast. Um, he was on um, for our Godfather review couple months ago um it's always been a really good guest and he's going to be on for um our heat review today uh, thank you for being back on sir man it's my pleasure to be back on with you guys yes sir definitely and um and, and today we're going to be getting into uh our our heat review and to start with the overview heat was um a 1995 american crime film written and produced and um directed by michael mann starring al pacino robert de niro and val kilmer um, it's about Neil McCulley, played by De Niro, a seasoned professional robber, and uh, Pacino plays Lieutenant uh, Vincent Hanna, an, an L.A. Um, PD robbery uh, homicide detective tracking down Neil's crew after um, a botch heist leaves uh, three security guards dead. And the story is also based on the former Chicago police officer uh, Chuck Admonson's pr- pursuit during the 1960s of a criminal named McCulley, um, after whom De Niro's named. And it's also a remake by man of... Um, an unproduced television series he, has, he had worked on, the pilot of which was released as the TV movie L.A. Takedown in 1989. And it had a budget of $60 million, um, brought in $187.4 million in the box office, had an 86% rate on Rotten Tomatoes, and you just got compelling performances from headlining stars. Um, it's just an overall uh, flawless crime drama and solidifies what Michael Mann can do and um, mastering the genre of crime thrillers. Um, but to start it off, Aaron, like, what are your initial thoughts of the film and also just how Michael Mann reinvented this genre with modern elements? Man, listen, it I found it to be such a phenomenal film. Like, I remember yeah. the very first time I watched it. Um, I don't want to date myself too much because this is a podcast hosted <laughs> by two guys in their 20s. But... Uh, <laughs> but I, re- I, remember, I remember watching it, man, and it I was literally like stuck to my seat from start to finish. Yeah. And it it's one of those films that I've watched several times, right? It it's in it's it's one of those evergreen films that that I like. You know, they're in that evergreen category that like I like this film so much, man, that I've even watched it when it was on net network television with commercials. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so it was, it was so compelling. Everything that Michael Mann did, from the cinematography, the lighting, mm-hmm. um, like oh, certain angles, um, and the depths at which the characters were portrayed, the plots, the subplots, and then um, we may get into this a little bit later. But he had these like. It was like a two or three moments throughout the film that I found in particular uh, as and that I've grown to appreciate even more. The more that I grow to understand like justice and those issues and things like that, that I don't know if he intended for it to be that way, but it was like, man, that's a very small part, but there's a strong message in that right there. And, and so I, I believe the film was yeah. just masterfully done. And um it's um it's one of those films that can relate like even across across generations just um really enjoyed it still enjoy it yeah 
Definitely. It definitely has that impact across generations, as you were saying. And, um, and, and Savon, like, you've talked about a film that you've always really liked, Casino. You can watch it at any point. Like, to me, Heat is like how Casino is for you. It's just a film I can watch it at any point when it's on, no matter, like, where, how far it is in the, in the film. But but to you, kind of like, what, what are your initial thoughts on this film as well, looking back at it? Because, you know, it came out in 95, and today it just still feels like one where anybody can, can watch and really um, just be satisfied with what was with what was produced. I was uh, two years old when this uh, this film came out. Uh, just to give you perspective, <laughs> perspective, the right perspective. <laughs> but no, when I first watched this movie, I don't think I understood the um, the depth it had into it and the characters and the actors. Yeah, this Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, uh, John Voight. Val Kimmer. I love John Voight. I love them in Anaconda. Yeah, like, man, he's crazy. So when I when I think of this movie, I think of the monologue and the dialogue that's in this movie. I think that's the best part. Like, the action, bank robbery, killing people. I love the subtle moments. Like, uh, the you know, the, the scenes... I can't wait till we get those boys. I got, like, 50 scenes highlighted that I'm probably going to, like, take most of the time, but it's okay. That's what we're here for. <laughs> but I love, I love. It's just gonna be Savon. It's just gonna be Savon talking about all the yeah, scenes, yeah. <laughs> all the scenes. And I, I look, I warned you guys, so you're not like bombarded. But I really love the monologue dialogue of these scenes, and I think I can watch this movie over and over, just like Casino. Like Casino is different though, because oh man, it's, Casino is like 20 hours, but I can watch it over and over. And not get bored of it. It's the same thing with heat. You gotta I clock in and clock out, Savon. You gotta clock in and clock out. Right, right, man. It's like it's like a whole entire workday watching. Um, oh, I forgot it. Uh, Martin Scorsese movies, man. You really have the clear schedule. You really yeah. have the clear schedule. But no, the heat is. I mean, definitely top five in my top five of best movie ever. I don't. I don't want to steal it from anybody else. But yo, this movie is crazy. And I'm. A, I'm gonna get to that reason why once we get into the, like. The, the bulk of everything. Yeah, definitely. And this was also uh, Michael Mann's fifth film not to receive nominations for awards. You know, looking back at the Oscar year of 1996, it was a really strong year and some of the best included with Heat were seven and The Usual Suspects. Um, not None of them were nominated for Best Picture, Usual Sus- Suspects, and Seven received nominations, but Heat was left out of all. Um, and, and, and just what's so ironic about this is, is that it was a big studio, studio picture, not even uh, an, an indie film. For critics and audiences, it was a major success. This was, um, you know, one of the best crime dramas since since Goodfellas. And you've got two heavyweights in Pacino and, and De Niro that delivered um, exceptional performances as complex and interesting characters. Um, you know, me and my brother, we were talking about it earlier this week, but that year was really like a year of snubs for the Oscars. And Heat not getting any nominations was just something that nobody really could have imagined in terms of what actually went on in that film. But to you, Aaron, like, what are your thoughts on why this was left out of just all the nominations as it was just one of the, the three best films for 1995? You know what? That is, it's sometimes really, really hard to figure that out. Um, we've had, yeah. as I'm sure you guys can attest, there have been many years where there were films that just knocked our socks off, you know, and that we thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed. There was depth, there was texture, um, there was just this genius type creativity, cohesion, character chemistry, um, great performances, the whole nine. And it's like when it comes down to the Academy, they don't even make like a, they're not even like a blip on the radar. 
you know, it, it's like, you know, it, it's weird, man. You know, to use a sports analogy, it's like the year LaDainian Tomlinson had over 100 receptions mm-hmm. uh, as a running back and rushed for over 1,000 yards and didn't make the Pro Bowl. It's like even when you look back at yeah. it and you're like, this makes no sense to me. And so I can't even begin to explain that. Like, it's still puzzling to me as to why it didn't even get a nomination. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just, it's just one of those things that when you look back at it, it it's really um, difficult to understand. Like, um, Savon, we, we were, you know, talk like, like looking back at a movie mm-hmm. like The Departed, it wins an Oscar for Martin Scorsese. Some people oh, say like yeah. it's just been a life, lifetime achievement award, and you know, some of the movies that he really should have won for it didn't. Yes. But, like, like, what, what are your thoughts on this? Where you, you have a film like it's puzzling that it doesn't get it. Um, as we look back at it as just uh, a real masterpiece in, in the crime. Um, in the, in the crime film genre. I think it was unappreciated. I think maybe they felt that it was a, a, a normal Robert De Niro or Al Pacino type of film. And I don't, I don't get it. This was uh, across the board. Every actor and actress that had a, a hand in this, it really turned out a great, great film. I don't, I, I should have had a 90% on Rotten Tomato, to be honest with you. But it just seemed like it the time- have. That was low. Time, Right, the timing of everything with these awards. Some movies like uh, what, huh? Like the like this year. I I still yeah. haven't seen uh, the the movie you told me to watch. I forgot what it's called. Wellington, where are you? Parasite. There we go. Parasite. See, Wellington, you do a great job. Of I pre I really appreciate because my mind goes sometimes. <laughs> but I really thought Joker should have won. And Joker was an all around great film. It had great actors in it, a great monologue and a dialogue, but. It's time for everything, mm-hmm. you know. But I think that's what it is. And I, I feel like they, they thought it was a, a regular, because Al Pacino's played in those movies 10 times, 30 times before. And, you know, we all know Robert Nero plays in the bad guy movies. So it's just, I guess it, it didn't feel like the characters or that they got better in acting. I don't know. But I, I really thought it should award some award, something, some best supporting actor or something. But it didn't. It got snubbed. I think it's time for yeah. everything for those awards. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and transitioning to our first topic from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, I, I had this as, as you know, a, a clear um, four star film. The overall sense of proportion, uh, craft and pacing are, are all excellent, um, along with um, being a, a traditional cops and robbers story. It, it, it's also combined with just long thought out discussions of interpersonal relationships. And and like you were saying, Sivan, like the dialogue is just it's just phenomenal in, in this film as it's just not a traditional um, just uh, cop crime film. Um, but Aaron, to you from one to four stars, what would you give it? Four stars. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And, 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 and in terms of it just being uh, just an excellent film, what in particular to you just kind of makes this um, a four star film in terms of what was it like, particularly the acting, the directing, or, or maybe like even the cinematography, the cinematography, as you were mentioning earlier? You know, it was it was really all of the above but I really appreciate films that that are so intriguing that they take me like on an emotional journey, right? Because, you know, as you consume yeah. enough movies, you watch enough series, you start to pick out the themes and you're like, oh, this is one of those and this is going to happen and I'm pretty sure this is how this is going to end up. And, and so you kind of get a little bored in the journey. Man, th- Heat was not like that at all. I love the way that the the way that the two crews were portrayed 
right? Um, like there, there's a there's a point in the movie where uh, Robert De Niro, his character, their crew, they're all out having dinner with wives and children and spending time together. Yeah. And then the police group, they're all out. They're, they're spending them. time together, you, you know, and when they leave early and you see how it's like the manner in which you're drawn to these characters. Like you're not just drawn to the stories and the trajectory of the police officers, but you're joined to the stories mm-hmm. and the trajectory of, of, of the criminals as well. Like you see Val Kilmer, you see how his character, how volatile the home situation is. And, and he's got a gambling addiction and, and, and how Neil is doing his best to try to keep him in line and, and hold him in place. And, and so you're like, man, that's pretty compassionate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. for for a criminal, you know, and um, just little things like that, and and I got to bring this one up too, man. You know, Dennis Haysbert plays a very small role in this film. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know who he is, he's the Allstate man, right? Unforgettable voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but what they did with his character, and just in a few minutes. Right. He did not have a a long role at all, but just in a few minutes, you get a glimpse into struggle. You get a glimpse into a man who's trying to get his life together. You get a glimpse into a broken judicial and penal system (laughs) Um, and looking at his experience as a parolee. And I'm thinking like it was such a short role. But man, I was just left pondering that guy and his character and what happened to him like for days you know, uh, and I love the yeah. way they did that. I love the way they did that. Absolutely. And, and um, Savon, to you, uh, from your perspective, what made this, um, in particular, a, a four-star film for you? I think the the dialogue, man. I think the we we don't see um, bad guys and good guys sit at a table and have this subtle, <laughs> powerful, right, right. Thing. It's like, yo, this is what we want to see. We want to see what would they all do in a calm environment without the guns. What would they do? How would how would re, you know how they react to each other? Do they respect each other this much? I, you know, we always see the mafia movie, mafia movies. It's all about respect. I didn't kill you because I respect you. And it's a code in being bad guy, being a good guy. It's a code for being a police officer and being a bank robber. I know that's kind of crazy, but it's a code. I love the code that's in this movie that we can sit here, we can monologue, we can dialogue this whole entire thing that's leading up to these these next points. But it's going to be the best part of the movie. That's 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 the crazy. That's what I love about it. The action yeah. wasn't the best part of the movie. It was these scenes where you really get a grasp of how both of these guys think. And that day, okay, we're sitting here, we're having this coffee, but don't be, don't be mistaken. I will not hesitate to take you down. Yeah, that's what I love. (laughs) It gives you, give you chills a little bit. That's why I love about this movie. That scene is iconic. It is iconic. It's all special. Hall of Fame scene. Hall of Fame. Oh gosh, I just love the Nero and Alvin. You know, two great actors. That's already the most memorable scene uh, for you listeners. Yeah. That's already the most memorable scene. <laughs> Almost deaf. That, I, that's the first word. That's the first stop of the, <laughs> of the 50 I for. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and transitioning to a favorite character, um, for, for me, it, 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 it was uh, it was Neil because he possesses confidence, but uh, restrained at the same time. Um, he's, he's extremely uh, introspective and quiet, but also observant and, and discerning. Um, 
just a, an extremely smart career criminal who who always try to keep a, to keep tunnel vision. But until you know Edie comes along, he finally has that um, decision in terms of who is he gonna like put in terms of the, the the priority in his life, and that's where he 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 has the decision at the end to am I gonna stay with her or am I gonna you know carry out what I've always been doing. Um, but to you, Aaron, overall, who who is your favorite character in this film? I've I've got to go with De Niro, um, mm. and the main reason is that you know we go back to the title of the movie Heat, and this principle, the the this code that he lives by, we see that his adherence and his devotion to that principle actually is what causes his demise when it's all said and done. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's quiet. Like, there's the scene where they're all in the restaurant. Everybody has someone with them except for Neil. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. And then he goes and he gets on the phone and he calls Edie and he's like, can I see you? And you see that, you, you almost get the impression that he's looking around and he sees what he's lacking. He's like, I want that. Because up until this point, he's been so committed to his craft that there's been no room in his life for love. There, it's only been the craft. It's only been the job, you know, being a committed professional robber, right? And when he finally gets right. her, it's like, even though he's the criminal, I think we all celebrate it, you know, like, hey, he finally found somebody. He's yeah. found love. right right and then outside the hotel at the airport where he Mm -hmm. walks by her and doesn't even say anything doesn't even say a thing doesn't say anything just walks by her and keeps going you see at that moment he does exactly what he said he would do when he sees the heat he's like don't have anything in your life that you can't no drop in a second. No attachments. And man, you got to know that that hurt, man. And that that was, that's why, man. I mean, just to see how committed he was uh, to his own craft and to that principle. And that it was it was not a game to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Savon, to you overall, who is your um, favorite character? You guys took him, but no. <laughs> no, I really, <laughs> I really like Edie for some reason. I feel like... Okay. It brings substance to the movie. You know, you always say that, you know, like he was honed to his craft. He didn't, you know, don't do anything. You can't drop in 15 seconds. I feel like she brought that brief moment of normalcy to him. Mm. Just brief, but it made him weak again. So he was, in, in a way he was strong, but he was still weak in a way he can't. He couldn't live a normal life because he was so honed to his craft, which is a bad craft. It's a craft, but it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so he was so glued <laughs> to it that he couldn't live a normal life and be in love. Even when he was trying to get her to go to, I think it was New Zealand or something. She was like, "Why do I want to go there? Yeah. What about my job?" Like he was just trying to go there. Yeah, he was just trying to feel it. I think she brought that substance to his character, and I think that was a big part of why he did things and why he moved. We got a, a different angle of him. He told her that his mom died. He, he's, I think, his brother or something. I think. He could. He had a brother somewhere, but he didn't know where he was. Just gave him that that substance to his character. It needed another character to do so because he's so hell bent and just being a good robber or just being strategic and everything. Even when she asked him, "What are you reading?" Yeah. Read about metal. <laughs> he was reading about, about metal. metal. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
like, you really think we believe that, Neil? <laughs> right. Why do you want to know everything I'm reading? Come on. Like, it was just gave the, his character substance by her character. But I really like that. You know, I, I, I got to yeah. say this. That's actually a great pick because his initial interaction with her, he was a complete oh, jerk. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and he, he, he didn't want sure. anything to do with her. Right? Like, he he looks at her, man, he act, man, such a great actor. He looks at her with suspicion, like, why are you, like, who are you? Like, are you, are you a cop? Like, almost, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you want? Like, why are you even talking to me? And he's yeah. so abrasive with her. And then it it kind of like, it offends her. It hurts her feelings. And then she's like, look, I'm sorry if you just want to, you know, whatever. And then he, it, the way that she responds to his abrasiveness, I think was disarming to him. I yeah. agree. I definitely agree with definitely. that. Yeah, and, and transitioning to um, our most memorable scenes, um, the the first one, the first one I had was the armored uh, Van Heist scene, and, and this is the first heist in the film, and also where um, you know uh, Wayne Grove kills one of the four cops, and they end up getting uh, in, in a shootout instead of having um, a, a smoother exit as Neil was was intending to have. Um, the second one, Wayne Grove escapes and. That's where they're all meeting at the restaurant the night after the first heist and Trey has to leave early. early. Um, Neil comes in, pauses for a bit. Um, the whole crew's just tense and upset. And, and after, um, you know, Neil bangs Wangro's head on the table, the, the whole restaurant gets silent. Um, a guy's looking up from his newspaper. The, the whole crew gives him the look like, you know, you better not say anything. And then after they go out, um, Neil tries to, um, to, to, to finish off Wangro and the, the police um, pass by and they're headed in a different direction. But, you know, once he looks back, Wayne grows gone and they have a, um, a final, a really, you know, pivotal encounter um, as, as that's what Neil wants to finish off um, at the end of the film. Um, Neil and in, in Edie's first meeting, as you guys were talking about, and, and Neil just never had any distractions until he meets Edie and sitting next to her in a restaurant. And um, they, they form a really strong bond as um, he finally has someone that he cares for outside of what he does. Um, another scene, the sun rises, rises and sets with her as Neil and Chris are talking about Chris's uh, dysfunctions in his marriage with uh, Charlene. And he's asking him if he thinks there's, you know, someone else she's been seeing and, he, and he's uh, confident he wants to stay with her. And Chris is 100% sure he'll stay with her and, and wants her to stay. As he says, the sun rises and sets with her. Um, the parking lot shootout, shootout scene where Neil um, picks up the money from one of Roger Van Zandt's workers. And there's a, sh- a shooter creeping behind Neil's car about to take him out um, before Chris and Michael um, take care of both guys and they drive off. Um, another one, the, I'm talking to uh, an empty telephone where after the parking lot shootout, Neil calls uh, Van Sant and, and tells him to forget about the money based on what transpired and gives him the ultimate threat about what's going to happen to him once he gets a, gets a hold of him. Um, and, and you know, the, 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 the diner scene, it needs to have a, just a separate discussion all along because <laughs> this is where Neil and Vincent finally meet face to face. And it's just the pivotal moment of the film, um, before Vincent pulls him over on the road, finally tracks him down and, and asked me if he wants to go out for a cup of coffee. And these six minutes were just a culmination of um, a face-off even before they had the final shootout um, and, Neil's, and Neil's eventual downfall as um, they were op- on opposite ends of the moral and, and socioeconomic plane. Um, De Niro, um, in real life, didn't even want them to rehearse and, and you know, just wanted to be a unfamiliarity between the two, and, and that made it just even more palpable. Um, but before we move on for for more scenes, Aaron, what are your thoughts on this scene? It's just one of the most anticipated in film history with just two heavyweights and this being a clear-cut pivotal moment. Man, it's very rarely in movies do we get to see actors in their prime 
um, sharing a screen together, right? Yeah. Um, like we get to see great individual people, you know, but very, but it's very rare that we get to see Denzel and Viola Davis, um, oh, yeah. you know, like together, you know, we don't see, and that's what we're seeing there. We're seeing two of, of man, two of the best to ever do it in a scene like at their best together. And, and it shows, it shows, I, I love it because, you know, Vincent is intrigued by Neil. Yes. Like, like there's this mystery there to him and there is, look, there is very real mutual respect between these two characters. And, and I, we just, you just don't see that very often. Like, I can't tell you another scene, like, where you, where it's it's like that where there is this very real mutual respect between the protagonist and the antagonist you know and and they get to have this 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 time of of dialogue between the two man um i don't think we've seen it since then really like that yeah absolutely it, it, it's it's been something so so rare rare to see even since that encounter um you know michael mann constantly poured over this scene in preparation he was focus on um, the minute details with the right aesthetics, but still wanted them to play off the other's nuances. Um, he also shot with three cameras, uh, two over-the-shoulder shots, and, and one establishing a profile sh- shot. But, um, Saban, what were your thoughts on just also the meticulous nature of Michael, uh, Michael Mann approached this scene with as these two actors didn't drop the ball, and, and he didn't either, as he, both of them, all three of them delivered on, on just the, the delivery um, of this scene? When you have Kobe Bryant and Shaq, you, you you don't you don't take them out. You you let them improvise. You don't run plays. You just give them the ball. <laughs> so what I think exactly. about this scene, I'm glad they, they they didn't rehearse or anything. They just like let it flow because those are two great impro, uh, improvised actors, improved actors, and with those different shots, because you know being from a uh, a broadcast uh, background, I think those shots were very necessary to even heighten the uh the scene because I, I feel like I would have shot with another camera I would have shot with an overhead uh, overhead camera by the lights if that was me but I don't I probably want to you know get too close to them so they won't feel like the camera is like on them on them but they just like right. lose themselves in that moment and really bring the scene to life which they did on the screen but jeez I, I love how in that scene not De Niro, but Al Pacino leaned forward so he can get his point across, right? And he leans back. You would think Robert De Niro would have did the same thing, but he didn't. That's the difference between the two. One had to show that he was powerful. The other didn't. I love Mm. that about that scene. It was so crazy. He never leaned forward. He looked away a little bit. He looked back at him. You know, it's a flip side to that coin. So it's just like, I don't have to do much. I already fooled you. Just like the scene where he they were at the, uh, I guess, the port where all the, the uh, cargo stuff is. He was yeah. like, this crew. He was they're like, good. that's what they're looking at us. They're looking us. at us. They <laughs> just <laughs> made yep. us. So yep. I don't have to, he doesn't have to show his power. I don't have to be intimidating. I'm already in. So that scene, yeah. that's why I say the scenes, those scenes are better than the action in itself. And that is, is man, that's crazy. <laughs> I love yeah. this movie. <laughs> and, and, and another scene was uh, Chris's escape as, you know, Charlene is with her son and the cops. Oh, at, yeah. At apartment. 
and Chris pulls up to a, to a pickup basketball game right by the apartment, looks up and sees her hoping that they can um, meet up, but she gives him the signal that he's got to leave because of the police being on to him. And she lies to, to a sergeant, a trucker, and says it isn't him, but still had, um, but he still has um, his unit stop him just to make sure. Um, but he has completely a different ID, a different ID, and he's able to get off. Um, look at me, where Neil kills Wayne Grove, yes. had the opportunity to yes. leave with with ED, and had all the cash he needed. Nate tells him where Wayne Grove is, but leaves the decision up to him whether he wants to get revenge or not. And and for a split second. I'm thinking, okay, Neil's gonna go off. He, he he's he's ready to, to pull off. But knowing Neil, you you know, like he's he's gonna go back and finish this off. He he, right. he had a huge um issue and, and vendetta with Wingro, and, and he was and he was gonna be able to um finish it off. And then the final scene, which where you have the final shootout between Neil and Vince, um, the final ten minutes have no dialogue. Neil has the line, "I told you I wasn't gonna go back," and Vincent nods while Neil reaches reaches out to him. Um, a soundtrack. Um, Moby's uh, God moving over the face of the water rises up as the scene cuts to black. And it, it just was a perfect ending as man just lets it play out as you've got two men um, uh, alone together against a sorry backdrop of the city that they've chased one another across. And it was just a really um, um, special ending. But we, we, I mean, obviously the, the diner scene is the most memorable scene, but Aaron, was yeah. there any other scene that, that stood out to you as a really memorable scene? You mentioned you mentioned two already. The one where, you know, Neil was always a step ahead of Vincent and and his yeah. division. You know, and when they're at the um, the you know the the cargo yard, you know, and they're like, wait a minute, what is this? What is this? And then, you know, um, Vincent has that epiphany. He's like, doggone it, we think <laughs> we think that we've been carrying out surveillance on them. But yeah. they're actually carrying out surveillance on us. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you see, you see, uh, Vincent and 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 the police officers in his division, their unit there. They have dossiers and files and rap sheets on on all the guys in Neil's crew. But guess what? Neil has the same thing. Like mm-hmm. he goes to his guy and he gets the background on Vincent. Like he knows him, what drives him, and 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 so it's like. It's it's a chess match, man. <laughs> but between oh, yeah. the two of them, they, they 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 literally gather. Like, when was the last time we saw a movie where a robber takes the time to gather legitimate and detailed intelligence on mm. the guy that's chasing him, on the cop that's chasing him, <laughs> so that he could know what he's dealing with? And when when Vincent figures out that they're the ones that are actually being watched then what happens they go dark all of the surveillance is gone they 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 drop every tail and they're like oh my gosh we're back to nothing i mean that was just such a memorable scene and then um i'll skip to the last one uh well two more the the one with with chris and charlene that little subtle deal she did with her hands yeah cuz you just that that was the most to me that was the most suspenseful moment in the entire film. Like, mm. what is about to happen right now? Right. Like, what's about to happen right now? And, and you know, you think, oh, yeah. he got away. And then when he has the, the uniformed officer stop him, you're thinking, great. You know, he's they got him. It's they got wrap. him. But they don't. <laughs> and then the scene where... We had seen Vincent's car- Vincent shoot people. You know, there, there, there were gun battles and different types of violence and different points in the film. But again, Vincent liked Neil. 
like it brought him no joy to have to take his life. Right. No joy. What like he mm-hmm. didn't revel yeah. in it. There was no celebration. It was actually like a moment of grieving. Yeah. Um, and and the humanity of it between these two characters, and to see two men like the form basically it was like the equivalent of an embrace. Right. You know, grab his hand like that was he was literally comforting him in that moment. Like yeah. I'm gonna. I'm not just going to walk away. I'm not just going to leave your body here to bleed out, but I'm not, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to actually like have physical contact with you and comfort you as you die. Very powerful moment. Yes. I agree. Would you Absolutely. would you also say that uh it was just like he he was in love with the chase. He was in love with like having someone that outsmarted him that was better than him in every way, but he still got him how like how did I do? Like, I don't know. I was just thinking about that when you were talking about it. I was like, maybe that's, I don't know if that's true or not. Just bringing another angle to the character or the moment. But yeah, that was a great scene. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Savon, to, to you, what was um just a couple or, or maybe a few that were just like really memorable scenes um overall? When they first, um, when they was in the diner, uh, the other diner with the, the Westcom, and he came in. I forgot the guy's name. We've been talking about him. It's, it has a stick to hey, my, my brain. Yeah, him. And uh, he, like, Susie sat down, smashed his head to the, <laughs> to the, the and then I uh, forgot his <laughs> name. He looked, some people looking around, he looked over. Yeah. He, yeah, go ahead and Chris. put your head back down. You don't, yeah. you don't want this. <laughs> and then he gets away. Keep reading your newspaper. <laughs> Right. They had him set up for just to get rid of him and he still gets away. And that, that final scene, look at me. Look like that was so powerful. He was so like, I'm not going to kill you with your, I want you to look, see me killing you. Cause you, yeah. you know, you, you portrayed me behind my back, you, you know? And, um, what was another scene? The last scene, the last of when he, you know, De Niro finally got him. If, I don't know if you guys seen Dina Thieves. I don't. I don't know. If not you yet. Not yet. Yeah. This scene, I, the the last scene of Dean of Thieves is, I believe, it's from Heat. They resembled it perfectly. It was the same thing. The guy was like, "I told you," like because he was in the like the dialogue. He was like, "I'm not gonna run. I'm not gonna, you know, what I'm saying I'm not gonna back down to you." And then when he kills him, the the cop kills him because it was like a robbery or whatever. The same thing, same kind of like uh, storyline. And when he finally kills him, because the guy's bullets run out, he, you know, still came out and tried to kill him. And he shot him. He was like, I told you. And that's all he said. And he, he was like, yeah. And it's the same, the same scene. And he, he still, he stayed there with him. I was like, yo, now to think yeah. about he did a thing, stole the, the scene. The best <laughs> There's stealing scene. <laughs> yeah. scenes from the heat. But no, I just love that. That he didn't he didn't walk away because a lot of people were like, yeah, you know, I feel accomplished, but he felt like remorse for him. And uh that was a, that's one of the good scenes. The shooting scenes were pretty good. Um, I like the diner scene. She was like, uh, I'm not alone, I'm just lonely. I like that scene where they're mm. just like going back and forth yeah. and talking about that, giving that substance. But yeah. All the good hey, you already talked about the good scenes. Oh. Don't you guys think it's interesting that the very reason that Neil ends up dying, you know, carrying out that vengeance against Wayne Grow. It was also the same guy that killed the young lady in the motel. Yeah. And, and it was Vincent that showed up and comforts the mom in that scene where he's just hugging her. 
it's almost like, I mean, the way in which like there's this tapestry to the film and the characters and the different levels at which they're connected. You know, the very guy that, that, that Neil says, I got to go get him. I got to get him is the very guy that carries out this heinous crime against a young lady, wherein Vincent is the one who shows up at the, at the scene as one of the homicide detectives. Just crazy. Mm. Oh, wow. I wouldn't even think about that. Absolutely. Oh man. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're getting into the second half of the Heat Review. And um, to start it off with um, most memorable quotes, um, I had uh, Vincent, I say what I mean and I do what I say. Neil, don't let yourself get attached to anything you're not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Um, Neil, there is a a dead man at the end of this telephone. Uh, Vincent, we uh, we just got made. Michael, the action is the juice. Uh, Vincent, drop of a hat. These guys will rock and roll. Um, And then Neil told you I'm never going back. Um, Aaron, to you, in terms of like most memorable quotes, um, what one or maybe couple uh, really stood out to you in this film? All right, I've I've got one. Right, you mentioned you mentioned um, a lot of my favorites. I'll add one more to it. It's when Sergeant Drucker told Charlene in the apartment. He was like, "You don't have to sell this kind of blank. This kind of blank sells itself." <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> For some reason, that quote just stuck with me because he was like, he was so convinced of the logic of his position. He was like, I don't even have to convince you, you know, and it was at such a tense moment in the film already. It was it was almost just like uh, it it struck me as a little uh, comedy relief. And so, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you and just the, the most multitude of great quotes that were in this film. Um, which one kind of uh, stick out to you the most? They all come from Neil, man. It seems like um, uh, Neil. Yeah. You're talking about I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Try stop guys like me. I think that sums up the entire movie, right? And then the other, I think it was absolutely. maybe the same scene or similar to the scene where he was like. What are you a monk? I'm trying to. Okay, that's the bad. Uh, that's a bad, bad voiceover type thing. Um, he was like, "I have a woman. What do you tell her? I tell her I'm a salesman. So then, if you spot me coming around the corner, you're just gonna walk on this woman. I say goodbye." He was like, "That's discipline." So it's really crazy. Like those little scenes right there. That's why I love the scenes. I, I love the dialogue and the monologue of the scenes yeah. because it really gives you like. Even before we knew that he was going to walk away from or just like be more disciplined about his craft, he was telling the cop that his vision is going to kill him later that, you know, I tell us yourself, you know, that's discipline. That's what I have to do. So I really like those little scenes really give you the depth of the movie more than the the fight scenes or the, the gun shooting scenes or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and overall, like the dialogue is what we talk about the most for this film, because like the, the high scenes are really incredible as well, Um, e- even the final shootout. But to you, Aaron, is that like what makes this film just so different from like other crime films where it's just the, the dialogue is what we're focused on more than even the high the high scenes in terms of like there were really, really incredible high scenes. But the dialogue was just even like more of a separator. Without a doubt. OK, w- without a doubt, the dialogue 
um, definitely is the driving force in the film, so much so that it pushes the action scenes, which which that gunfight at the end of the movie is one of the most intense gunfights that you see you'll see in a movie. Like, and especially as someone who is a trained yeah. weapons expert and war veteran, I still serve um and and handle weapons and tactics and stuff like that. Like that is an intense scene. Um, with like some real world technical proficiency. And yet even in that, that takes a backseat to the dialogue. I mean, at, at every moment in the film, like for instance, when Vincent, I can't remember the character's name, but the character played by Ricky Harris, you know, where where Al Pacino breaks out into the song, this song, you know, she'll, she'll probably leave a note by the door, you know, you're like, and you're like, you're like, like, what is he doing right now? James like, give me all you got. Give me all you got. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, he seems so in control and yet so volatile. But, but yeah, I mean, man, the dialogue is just so masterful that even like it, it, it's the the action scenes, in my opinion, just don't touch it. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 interesting to um kind of what did you like the most about the storyline to me with this film just already having you know gorgeous stylistic visuals and and flawless framing it in cinematography um added on to it there was an intention to detail and realism as this was just a deep character study of cop and robber and the simplicity that came along with it was you know more than satisfying as everything was executed to perfection um but overall Aaron like like in specific like what did you kind of like the most about this particular storyline I really love the way that every character was humanized. Like it, it, it seemed like whether it was a psychopath or or a crusading cop, you got a little taste and and like even if like you got a deep dive, for instance, into Neil and Vincent's psyche and what drove them, but even if it was like shallow dives into other characters like Wayne Grow, you still got something. You know, it's like there were no yeah. wasted parts and and the way the manner in which though they all came together to make the story as a whole, I just thought was masterful. I, I just love the way the storyline flowed like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you overall, um, what in particular about the storyline just just really impressed you looking back at it? Oh, I think it flowed well. And I feel like. Yeah. Inadvertently, they, they gave more power to the monologue and the dialogue of the storyline, more so of the uh the, the action scenes. Cause some some movies they use the action scenes to bring out the monologue and dialogue and to support it. But in, I think in this instance, they the 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 biggest thing about this movie was the dialogue. That's what really gave you that. I'm a part of this type thing. The action was just like, you know, a cherry on top. It was already a built, great, yummy Sunday with the cherry on top with the action and the killing <laughs> and all that good stuff. But I feel like for for this, t- uh, you know, typical movie, I, I feel as though they, they did it the right way. Because some action films, you get mm-hmm. a lot of action. And I, I, you know, rightfully so because it's an action film, but... Where's the dialogue? Where's where's the substance? Where's the, oh. the the developing characters? And I love how every character 
I guess that's why I call the supporting actor. <laughs> but no, uh, I like how every character supported each yeah. other to build up the suspense and build up the, the character's character's growth in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Edie to uh, Neil, uh, Neil to uh, 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 Vincent, Vincent to Neil. Like it's just interchanging how these characters grow within the movie because of other characters. But I think they did it the right way. They didn't. They didn't. You know. Based their film on more most most of the action, and they didn't, didn't try to indulge us in action, but they gave us substance into it. Because in with a, a cop yeah. robber type movie, you can easily do that, but they did it differently. And I like I I love the the storyline of how they made the dialogue the the front the the best thing about it. Man, that's a yeah. great point. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and outside of kind of like the two headlining characters and Neil and Vincent. Um, you've got characters like Chris who, you know, has the this um, um, dysfunction in, in his home life with Charlene. Um, also Edie, um, you know, Michael, you know, his quote, you know, the action is the juice. He was going to be there till the end. Like he, he wanted to do one more score. Then Trejo who, uh, ends up being uh, the, 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 the snitch in the group. And, um, you know, uh, Neil has to, to put him down. And, and that's, you know, another pivotal scene. Um, but in terms of just kind of like a character that's outside of Neil and Vincent to you, Aaron, like who was kind of like the most fascinating, like um, underlying, uh, who, who kind of just had an underlying impact on the film? Because to me, like Wayne Grove, he's always around. He, he's always going to be like having an impact on the film, even to the to the end. But um, for to, to you, kind of like who was that character? Chris. Um, because yeah. it's it's interesting because Chris the the manner in which you know his character is portrayed he's not strong his family life is messed up his wife is seeing another man um you know he's got a gambling issue um and he he's not doing it for the thrill you know or the juice he's doing it cuz he needs the money like he he's doing it yeah. for survival okay and yeah. and we see how throughout the film you kind of have this. I I ended up feeling this this affinity for him because Neil has to carry him throughout the film, and then at the end is literally carrying him. Um, and, literally carrying, yeah. And 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 he's the one that gets away. <laughs> That's so crazy. You know, he's That's crazy. Chris, out of all of them, one. it's Chris. <laughs> out of all of them, Chris he's is the Chris. one that gets away. Yeah, and so I, I definitely have to say, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that is so crazy. Definitely. And to you, Savon, in terms of just like um, because you were talking about like how Edie was, was was kind of like your favorite character outside of Neil. Um, what character to you, um, you know, outside of the main, just had like a really um underlying impact um for the rest of the movie? I feel like Nate was. And then I'm glad <laughs> brought that up because he was like, where's Chris? He's gone. <laughs> he was like, did you bring it here? Yeah, but he left. It's a free country, brother. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he's like, let him get out. If he wants to get out, let him get out. Like, he's different. And I love that. I love Chris too. You know what? I'm I'm kind of itching back to Chris because if you look at it, Chris did <laughs> what Neil should have did. He should have laughed. He should have laughed. Yeah. He should have laughed. Man, he man. He got away. He still had the money. He got away. But you wanted revenge over love. You wanted discipline over love. You wanted, oh, this is it's a lot of stuff he wanted over having the normalcy of a life. I don't think he wanted it for real. I think it was just like 
something to make him feel human, you know, because it's inhuman to kill people and rob banks and, you know, break the law in the eyes of society. But I don't know, maybe it made him feel normal for just a little bit. But I, I, I'm, I'm switching to Chris. I like Chris. Chris understood what he really wanted and what was more important. He still had the money, though, but uh, <laughs> he got Charlene. <laughs> Charlene. Yeah. <laughs> Charlene. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, and, and, and transitioning to our last topic with 10 years from now, is it still watchable and intriguing? You know, it, it absolutely is. And even for the next 10 years, when you think about it, it's a movie that not only is a perfect heist film, but also feel, as, we're, as we've been saying for the entire episode, it's just so much meaningful uh, dialogue and an unstoppable force meets an, uh, an, un- an immovable object with Neil and Vince. Um, the cast, acting, and, and directing were all flawless. Um, the way Michael Mann captured Los Angeles was was really phenomenal. Just just in a fresh way, and the grittiness of the city and, oh, and downtown goodness, LA yes. were, were captured so well. I mean, yeah, and, and and that's a really another thing that we have to talk about. But to you, Aaron, like in terms of just the, the watchability and intriguing um, factor, uh, even for another ten years, um, what stands out to you about that, and also how Michael Mann captured um, LA? So, I think it. Uh, when when Savon mentioned how he was watching Den of Thieves and the end of Den of Thieves reminded mm-hmm. him of Heat, I think mm-hmm. that's telling right there as to yep. why in even 10 years and beyond, yeah. this film is still going to be watched by people. Because mm-hmm. there are some films who, even if they may not be bad films necessarily, you know that they're building off of somebody else's foundation. Like, you know, they're, they're borrowing from, from somebody else. And yep. I think this film... It in some ways, and the way they captured this dynamic between cop and criminal, and the way that it plays out is sort of a standard bearer. And it, it's you know, and and when you do that, everybody else is just chasing you after this after that point, right? <laughs> everybody right. else is just chasing you at that yeah. point. And um, the the manner in which he captures the 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 scenery, the landscape, the cityscape, the skyline of Los Angeles, he does it in such a way that it's almost like the the environment itself is another character in the mm-hmm. film. Like you you yeah. feel yeah. like on the Absolutely. ground there. You know, like it it's 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 not like um it's not um mythologizing the city. You know, it, it's it's like you're like this is LA. Like the the manner in which it's portrayed was so gritty. Um, even the type of lighting and the locations that were used, like you got to see, like the, you, you know, where where um, you know the docks where the ships come in. You know, the shipyard. You got to see the diners. You got to see small motels. Um, you, you didn't see mm-hmm. like Rodeo Drive wasn't in the film. You know, right? Yeah. Um, and so you yeah. got to see a side of you got to see like a, an everyday people side of Los Angeles, and it really was like another character in the film. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Savon, to you, um, this is definitely a, a, a watchable and intriguing film. It's going to have a long lasting impact. Um, but in particular, for another ten years, um, what do you think will just make this uh, such a memorable movie for people to to look back to, and even those who haven't seen it? I think um, the the scenes, the, the dialogue, man, I always go back to this because it really mm-hmm. gave the gave the movie a real... I don't think if they had those scenes, I don't think we'll be talking about this movie. 
because, you know, like mm. I said, all films have those yeah. action-packed, gun-blazing, oh, police, bad guys, shoot, blah, 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 blah. But I think when people watch this movie, they'll see a younger, because <laughs> he wasn't that, I don't think he was that young, both of those guys, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, they'll see the depth of those actors. If you're really a fan of those two actors and you've seen, I don't want to give that resume, but if you really look at this movie and then and the younger generation look at those scenes and how subtle it was, they'll realize how great of a film it was because some movies wish they had that type of dialogue. Some yeah. films wish they had those, those scenes where it's just like, I, if it really didn't have any action in this movie, I would have still have watched it. Because if you really dissect movies, you really like movies, you'll see subtle subtleness, like I mentioned about how one needs to feel intimidated and the other one doesn't feel he doesn't have to be that way because he's already designed that way. He shows in his actions. I already outwitted you. I'm doing this for courtesy. I respect you. I wanted to have this talk or whatever. You want to have coffee? Let's have coffee. So I just, th those different, that's what yeah. people will, will like cling to. Because I still, I still watch it to this day. Before you said, let's do Heat, I probably watched it like two months in advance. And it was on TV. <laughs> so with a lot of commercials. Yeah. Which made it longer, but I sat through it because I wanted to hear it's a flip, flip side to that coin. You know, I just, man, that was crazy. <laughs> and a lot of comedians use those, uh, yeah. use those themes for like a uh, bitch or whatever. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And before we close it out, and because there's always when we look back at films, there's like sometimes where we we just think of a certain actor's performance and, and what they did. Like, do you guys think this is one where we're just gonna be thinking about De Niro and Pacino, or maybe one more than the other because they both just gave epic performances? Uh both. To be honest with you, I don't think those scenes would have been as prolific as they were if either or was wasn't in those scenes. That's how great of actors that they are. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see um who's another Bruce Willis in that scene. I don't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love Bruce Willis as the actor, but he doesn't have those that dialogue in him. Can't that that one. In him. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. he's a very good action-packed uh actor, but he's no De Niro or Pacino. Those scenes were never have been nearly close to uh to that, but yeah, both actually. Yeah, I agree. Definitely both for all of those reasons. Yeah, definitely. Well, Aaron, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, it, yes. it, it's always great when we can have you on for these reviews. Um, and thank you for being back on again. Man, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this with y'all. Yes, sir. Well, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, Wanda Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.